I'm blessed you all came out on Christmas morning. It's a, it's a big time on Christmas morning. It's a wonderful time. <clears throat> Just to let you know, we have kind of a, you say a tradition here. For Christmas, I come up and I tell a story. This is not absolutely biblical story. I'm going to weave scripture in and out of it. It's a story about what possibly could happen because there's other people who are around during Christmas that experience it that you don't read it in the Bible. It's kind of like a, a story like The Chosen. But it's one I make up every year. And I'm going to read the story like it's in the first person. So I'm going to read it like it's, I'm saying I'm doing it, but I'm reading like an autobiography of somebody of what they experienced on the Christmas morning. And as I read, once in a while I'll reference some scriptures, and you'll see the scriptures referenced behind me. I may reference them, I may not, but just so you look. Okay? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this the day that we honor the fact that you came, that you, your love was poured out upon us to become a man. To show us your heart of love, to show us your, your purpose and your way. Father, give us a heart to hear, just your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. And this is the story, the autobiography of somebody who was around. And he starts off and he says this, I have never been able to shake the words a temple priest asked me over 30 years ago. And the events that transpired here in Jerusalem the last few days brought those words right back to the forefront of my life. And I finally got understanding why his, question, why his question struck with me for so many years. Well, you see, as a resident of Jerusalem, I was among those in the crowd witnessing the events of the last few days. There was this man named Jesus, who many of us would follow around just to listen to him. He spoke with such godly insight and wisdom. He had a spiritual authority and a love for others that none of us had ever seen or experienced before. He also performed many miracles, healing the sick wherever he went, even raising a few people from the dead. I always thought as I followed him around, this has to be the same man the angels informed us about 30 years ago. But... This man, Jesus, was turned over by our religious leaders, the Pharisees, to the Romans to be crucified and killed. I watched as they beat him and whipped him. I was there along the road as he carried up his cross up the hill. I witnessed the soldiers nailing him to the cross. And when I saw a soldier pierce his side and blood and water came streaming out, I was close enough to hear the words come forth out of a mouth of a Roman centurion. This truly was the Son of God. 
when I saw the blood come streaming out of his side and heard the words from the centurion, the words of the temple priests, and what he asked me from over 30 years ago came flooding back to my mind. With my head spinning, with all the events the past day, I felt I must sit down and record and share my experience from that time. You see, I was born in Jerusalem, and like most of the families of the time, it was a large family. I was the last child of my mother as she died when she gave birth to me. All throughout my childhood, I felt my father and my older siblings never forgave me for the death of my mother. As they believed and brought it up often, but it wasn't for me, she'd still be here. My father passed away when I was seven years old. Before he died, he divided up his land among my five older brothers and gave nothing to me. One of my sisters fed me and kept me alive, but honestly, I never felt anyone accepted me as part of the family. So around nine years old, I left the house to go out on my own. I was a child filled with rage, anger, and bitterness as I roamed the streets of Jerusalem daily, foraging for food. As I was fast, I could always get away. I could easily steal bread and food from the street vendors. And of course, the easiest mark for me was money from the blind beggars. They never saw me coming or going. Eventually, though, I got caught. And the man who caught me gave me two options. He said, I can turn you over to the authorities, or you become indentured servants as a shepherd taking care of my flock. I chose to be a shepherd. He sent me into the hills over Bethlehem with the other shepherds. I soon adapted to life as a shepherd. It was lonely and hot at times and cold at times, but I did get to eat. In the hills of Bethlehem, one of our main purposes was raising sheep to supply the temple with lambs for the sacrifices. While there, I was taught that one of the greatest honors a shepherd could have is to have one of his lambs accepted by the priests in the temple to be part of the sacrifices for the sins of the people. One night, I was with an older shepherd helping a ewe give birth to a lamb. While giving birth, the ewe died. And to my shock, the older shepherd just walked away. I asked him, what about the newborn lamb? He informed me that since the ewe mother had died, there was no hope for the lamb to live. My heart broke for this lamb as I saw it as myself when I was born. So I took the lamb and wrapped it in a blanket and was able to obtain just enough milk from other ewes to keep it alive. For the next year, I nurtured and cared for this lamb. I grew to feel that this lamb represented my life. Just like me, his mother died, and he was rejected by others. I began to believe that maybe, if there was even a God, he was going to show me he had a purpose for me in my life through the life of this lamb. I was honestly afraid to get my hopes up because of the experiences of my own life. I thought, if there was even a God, he can't be that good. After all, I looked at my life 
My mother died. My father rejected me. My siblings want no part of me. I was pretty much thrown out in the streets to fend for myself. But even so, I began to daydream and give myself a glimmer of hope, thinking that a priest of the temple would accept my lamb that would represent to me the Lord accepting me. About a year later, I was preparing to take my lamb down to the temple because we are living in a desert place. Having water is extremely important. I stopped off of the well to fill my wineskin up for the journey. When I arrived at the temple, I stood in line with my lamb, waiting for my turn to have the priest in charge examine my lamb. As my turn came up, I handed my lamb to him. He looked over my lamb, and he noticed a wart on the inside of the leg and angrily rejected it. He looked at me sternly and said, don't ever waste my time again. Don't ever show your face to me again unless you have that pure and spotless lamb. I was so angry and hurt when I left the temple. I was wounded deeply by the words of the priest. And it just fueled my bitterness and anger. Feeling that God had rejected, by by God rejecting my lamb, because it wasn't good enough, was my sign that God had rejected me because I wasn't good enough. After walking away from the temple, I sat down by the roadside and buried my face in my hands and wept, thinking what a waste my life is. Why was I ever born? God, you couldn't be this cruel. When I finally looked up, I noticed my lamb wandered off and was cuddling up next to a pregnant woman who was sitting along the roadside also. I immediately ran over and apologized to the lady and her husband. They both were very gracious. And when he noticed my wineskin filled with water, he asked me for a drink, as both of them were tired and thirsty from the long journey they'd been on. I was more than happy to give it to him. We talked for a while, and we we introduced ourselves to each other, exchanged our names. I found out because of the census being declared by Caesar Augustus, they were traveling to Bethlehem all the way from Nazareth. About a week later, we were tending our sheep. At night, we were sitting by the fire. The sky immediately became bright as a noonday sun, and there stood before us a man in bright white floating in the air. We realized later it was an angel. It absolutely scared us, and we all buried our faces into the ground. Then we heard these words. Do not be afraid. For behold, I, am, I bring you good news of the great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then suddenly the whole sky lit up with a multitude of angels, blinding us even more. And the angels were praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the angels departed, we quickly departed to Bethlehem to find 
this baby. When we finally located the place where this child was, we descended all at once upon the stable. Upon seeing us rush into the stable, we unknowingly overwhelmed the couple. The man got up and put his hands out to stop us. Then he recognized me as the one who gave him the water a week ago. So he felt safe. I quickly explained to him why we were here. And while the rest of the shepherds excitedly told them both of all the angels had said, Joseph allowed me to enter the stable and gaze upon the child lying in the manger. While I was staring at the child, I noticed every animal in the stable. Their head was turned towards the child. Their front legs were bent as if they were kneeling before him with their faces in the ground. As I approached the manger, I couldn't help but do the same. Eventually, I looked up, and the child's eyes opened up and looked at me. At that time, I felt a feeling in my gut, and I could feel it slowly rising up through my body. I had no idea. It was slow enough to know. I had no idea what was happening to me. I felt it pass through my lungs, through my heart, up through my neck, up through my head. And when it passed through my head, I realized all anger, bitterness, resentment, rage, and unforgiveness was gone. I buried my face in the ground in awe of what just happened. Eventually, I got up and thanked Mary and Joseph and walked back to the camp with the rest of the shepherds, rejoicing for all we had heard and seen. The next day, a number of us went into Jerusalem to inform others of this good news. While walking through the market, I ran into the priest who had rejected my lamb. And he looked at me and asked me this question, that question I have never been able to shake for 30 years. Shepherd boy, have you found the pure spotless lamb yet? Those were the words that came back to me that day as I watched the soldier pierce the side of Jesus. For days and weeks after the crucifixion, I continued to ponder and wonder why those words came to me so strongly that time. And sometimes later, I heard the apostle Peter speak. He spoke these words. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver and gold from your futile way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood, as of a lamb, pure and spotless, the blood of Christ. So it came to me that Jesus was that pure and spotless lamb that I was to be looking for. And the lamb that I raised and took as a representative of my life years ago, the one who was rejected by the one who should have cared for him, when he was born and was also rejected by the religious system because he wasn't good enough was the same lamb that recognized and sought out the lamb of God who was in Mary's womb. 
Then I came to understand and know that the Lord had sought after and guided me my entire life. And once again, I fell to my knees and wept that God is good. So that's what I got today. <laughs> I love you all. Couldn't wait to get here. This is the the twelve days of Christmas are over. Some of you, some of you'll get that, which is a sad thing to happen. But um, I want to say Merry Christmas, and uh, you have no idea how much I long to be here, long to be with all of you. And I know I speak for Kurt and Rhonda and everybody else too. This is the this is the wonderful place to be. And for you to make a sacrifice to come on Christmas morning is a big deal. So I appreciate it. So Father, we thank you for today. Father, reveal to us in a greater way your love, your purpose, your divine, your divine plan for our life. That we recognize, even as this shepherd boy recognized, throughout everything that you have a plan and you're going to fulfill your de- our destiny. In Jesus' name. Amen.